the church for any length of time, you've most likely heard about Lent, the 40-day fast before Easter. And some of us have practiced it, and some of us have, well, not practiced it. But how many of you have ever practiced Eastertide, the 50-day feast following Easter? Here on this podcast, we're going to do just that. For 50 days, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. My name is Lisa Nichol, and I am your host, and this is the Eastertide podcast from Beside Quiet Waters. He is risen. It's really nice to be back. I got pretty sick, and so I missed a couple weeks. But we are back now with a podcast just in time for Ascension. Today is Ascension Day. And it's a day that we don't normally celebrate in the Protestant church. I'm not exactly sure why. But it's a day when we focus on Jesus being king. And I think that for a lot of us, we like to think about Jesus just with the beard and humble and lowly and in his plain clothes on earth. And we don't normally connect or spend much time thinking about King Jesus. I think because we're uncomfortable with the concept of power, we've seen it abused too many times. We're not sure what we think about monarchies. But all those things aside, it is a really special day. And it's very important for us to spend some time dwelling on the fact that Jesus is King, reading passages in the Bible, spending time in our prayer, thanking him for being a king and what that all could mean. Because Jesus is both lowly and humble and almighty and powerful. He is exactly what people who had power were supposed to be. And he is now the king of the heavens and the universe of earth. He rules. He has paid the ultimate price. He died, has been resurrected. There's lots of things that go into Ascension that make it a really special day. Ascension is also the day where humanity, like our bodies, are lifted up into heaven and into the Godhead. Now this seems like a really (laughs) weird thing that I'm saying, but it's true. Like Jesus didn't go up in spirit. He went in a human body. And it's really significant for us that God has welcomed humanity back to be close with him and in his presence. And this is our hope that our bodies that are frail, our bodies that are broken, our bodies that have the same habitual addictions and sin and anger and greed and all those sorts of things, that is not the end. That the hope for us is that we in our bodies will be renewed, will be resurrected, and will be with Jesus, where he is reigning, where tears will be wiped away, where we will no longer be alone, where there'll be no darkness. And that's our hope. The ascension is our hope, that after this life we live, we will be with Jesus. And that means all of us, can approach the throne of grace because we have our mediator there, Jesus, who understands our plight and who also speaks to the Father. And sometimes I wonder with ascension if we actually need God, we need to ask God to just open our minds and our hearts to the truth of what's really going on. Because the more that we can understand what it means for Jesus to be king, the more of what we can understand of what it means for us to actually be with Jesus in heaven, the greater Ascension is going to be a celebration in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds. 
And interestingly enough, we just recently had a coronation. I'm not sure if any of you had a chance to watch it. I really loved Queen Elizabeth. I think she was an amazing woman. I've sort of always been on the fence about Charles. He hasn't made great decisions in his personal life, as we all probably know. And I have been concerned about what kind of a king he's going to be. But I have to admit that when he walked into the Abbey, when we were watching it, the uh, coronation, my eyes just filled with tears a bit. And it felt like the power and the significance of this moment for both him, but also just this idea of being crowned king of a nation and the promises that he was going to make and did make and the commitments to serve people and to steward them well and to take care of the British people. There was just something really powerful and meaningful about it. The British coronation is actually the only coronation left where they anoint the king with holy oil. And there's a whole bunch of symbolism having to do with Christ and having to do with being God's earthly representative, you know, point in which heaven and earth meet. So if you haven't had a chance, I recommend today on Ascension Day, just watch some of it, watch some of the highlights, pay attention to what he says and what he promises. And I often like to put myself and imagine this idea on Ascension Day of being one of the people standing on either side of the corridor and watching Jesus come by, both with the holes in his hands and in his feet. And, you know, he, he bears on himself the scars of what he, what he bore on our behalf. But just allowing myself to watch Jesus walk down in all of his beauty, in all of his glory, in all of his splendor, towards his own coronation of being crowned king of the universe. The other thing I wanted to talk today about was generosity. Several weeks ago, I had this idea that during Eastertide, I wanted to spend one of these podcast weeks on the concept of generosity. You know, this I just got really excited about the fact that, you know, God's been so generous with us. And when we talk about the gospel, we have these words, give, and um, it's about generosity, right? God gave himself for us. He has given us eternal life. There's this wonderful generosity on God's part that we should make it one of our challenges during Ascension to try and intentionally be generous. So I had this idea and I was going to tell you all about it and it was going to be great and we were going to be generous. And then God gave me a couple opportunities to be generous and I didn't love it. (laughs) There were several different times over the last little while where we've had an opportunity to have people into our house. And I'm not really sure about you and what kind of level you live at in your house, but we homeschool in our house, we're in our house a lot. And especially because when I was sick, we sort of allowed ourselves to accept a certain amount of tidiness in our house. Our house isn't dirty, but it is often unkempt. If you came to my house in the middle of the day, there would be laundry in the hallway or there would be kids' toys out or undone dishes or something like that. Like my house is not drop in any time and you'll find it pristine sort of condition. And so when we have people into our house, I like to get our house to a certain level because I don't want a baby to pick up a tiny little toy and eat it. Or um, I just want things to be at a certain level of cleanliness and tidiness. And it's a lot of work every time we have people into our house. And then there's the whole like details and making sure I have all the things and enough food and all the, I don't know, make sure that everybody who has a dietary restriction is comfortable because I have dietary restrictions. And so I totally get that. 
anyways, it's always a lot of work. And we had people in and the very last person that we had coming, I went over to my friend's house to drop something off. And I was complaining to her about the fact that we had to host people and how I wanted to stay longer and visit, but I couldn't because I had to go home and clean my house. And after we left her house, me and my kids, we, I went to Costco and I was walking around. I just felt like God check my spirit and say, come on, is this the right attitude? And I had to go back and text my friend and say, look, I'm sorry. That was the wrong attitude. Please accept my confession of the fact that I know that that's not the right attitude. And she was super nice about it because she's an incredibly gracious human being. But we did end up having a good conversation while we talked about the fact that generosity costs us something. And we want it to not. We want to just say, oh, I'll just like give out of my abundance and it's not going to bother me. But it costs us something. And it's like when we have a child. Once the child is there and you've had the child and you see the child and you enjoy the child, you don't regret having the child. But before, as you accept the idea of taking that responsibility on, you have to die to yourself and you have to enlarge in your heart. And children tear their way into our lives, physically and metaphorically. And the same thing has to happen to our soul. And when we're generous, whether it be having people into our house or giving away money or um, spending time with someone that's sick and all the other ways that we can be generous, it does cost us something. And I think if we can accept that, then we can move forward into being generous people. But if we just expect that it's going to be easy every single time, let me just, a spoiler alert, it's not going to be easy to always, it's not always going to be easy to be generous. One of the things I really appreciate is that my friend reminded me of the parable of the two sons that Jesus tells. And I'm going to read it to you right here. It's from Matthew 21. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. And I needed this reminder from my friend. And she was trying to encourage me. She's saying, look, even though you don't want to do it, you're doing it. And that's actually what God asks for us. He's not asking that our first reaction is going to be, yeah, I totally want to do it. And then just do it. I'm, I'm imagining that he is expecting that our response will be, oh, do I have to? <laughs> I long to be a more generous person. And I know that as I practice generosity, I'm going to be more like Jesus. But sometimes I don't want to do it. And I just felt like I couldn't come on and do this podcast about how we should all be generous and tell you that your challenge this week is to be generous in some way without being honest about the fact that sometimes it's not easy. And the truth for me as a person that is intro introverted is I get really tired for the next couple days after we host people. And it takes its toll out on me that way too. But I never regret it when we've done it. When we've had the chance to have someone into our home, there's something really beautiful and special and right and good about sharing food, about sharing our lives with one another in a way that's deeper than just at school drop-off or at the soccer field or in the church aisles or quickly over text. You know, there's something meaningful about 
being with one another and laughing and crying and sharing our questions and our doubts and our joys together face to face in a world that is so focused on screens and things that aren't tangible. Hosting people in our house is tangible and it allows us to have people in. It allows us to pray for people and to share our lives with them and to have our kids be with us and with them and all those sorts of things. It's really beautiful. But it does take a toll. And if you're feeling like you don't want to be generous because it takes a toll, I hear you. Keep trying to be generous. So this week I want to encourage you for your Eastertide challenge to be generous, to try and do something out of the ordinary and that you wouldn't normally do. Maybe that's make a meal for someone. Maybe that's have people into your house. Take somebody out for coffee and pay for them. Pay for somebody behind you in the drive through Offer somebody your time if time is something that is really scarce these days. I just would love it if we had an opportunity or looked for opportunities to be generous this week. I think that we're often not generous because we're worried that God's goodness isn't going to be enough for us. I was just listening to the Bible Project and they were talking about how Cain's real sin there is he sees God honoring Abel and he wonders and worries if God's generosity will be enough for him. And then when Cain wanders out into the world, God says, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. I won't let anyone kill you. And Cain says, yeah, sure. And also I'm going to build myself a city to keep out other people because I don't really trust in God's goodness and the way that he's going to take care of me. And I think we get like that with our money too, right? It's such a vice for us. We worry that if we give it away, we won't have any as if God doesn't know what we need. And so generosity is this stepping out in faith saying that God is real. And that's what we're trying to do during Eastertide, right? We're saying God is resurrected. Jesus is resurrected. This is real. It happened. And generosity is the same thing. I can give out of what I've been given because God is alive and he knows what I need, and he himself has been generous with me. It's like the parable of the unmerciful servant, right? Where the guy goes to the king, gets forgiven this debt that's like he would never, ever have been able to pay it off. And then he walks out of the king's court, runs into someone who owes him like 50 bucks, and he starts strangling him and throws that person into jail. But the thing the unmerciful servant didn't get was how much he had been forgiven. And so this week, as we think about being generous, rather than trying to pummel our hearts into being generous because, and feeling bad because we're too tight-fisted or we're too stingy with things, I want you to focus your mind in your reading of the Bible and in your prayer on the generosity of God. Because as we look to God and to his generosity, that is what's going to change us. And we're going to ask God for a generous spirit. We're going to ask to be more like him. And we're going to ask that he make us into generous people. And that is actually where we live out of. Rather than trying to drum it all up in ourselves and then present it to God, we're going to say, God, I'm not good at this. I am hard-hearted in some ways. And I need you to help me. Please help me to be a generous person. I'm getting really close to the end time here. And I know that the end times... <laughs> I'm getting the end, to the end of my podcast time. And uh, I know that a lot of you don't have a ton of time. So I want to just pray now for you as you go into this week of being generous. So let's pray. King Jesus, 
Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, thank you for the ways in which you've been generous with us. Open our hearts this week to the ways in which you have been generous with us. Father, forgive us when we grasp, when we're tight-fisted, when we are worried that we won't be, there won't be enough. We are so scared and we live in a poverty mentality and we forget or we don't believe in your abundance. Give us a true and deep understanding of what you have done for us so that we may not be like the unmerciful servant who so quickly forgets what they've been forgiven. But show us how to be generous. Show us how to be like you. To know that our treasure is not to be built up here on earth and our treasure should be about your kingdom and your values. Realign our hearts to the good news of your resurrection and the good news of your ascension. And may we know that we are children of the Most High God, the Mighty King of Heaven, that we need not fear about ever lacking one good thing because we are in the watch of the wonderful King of Heaven. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. If you heard something that you felt was encouraging or you know would be encouraging to someone else, I would love it if you would share this podcast on either your social media or with your friends. You can also sign up for my newsletter, which is connected to my Substack, lisanickel.substack.com. And you can check out some of my old writings that I'm working on transitioning to my Substack at besidequietwaters.net. All right, that's everything for me today. I hope you have a blessed day and that you're given eyes to see Jesus working in your everyday.